we go to the book of Revelation, chapter number 21. Revelation 21. We're going to read, um, let's start at verse number 1. Revelation 21, verse 1. God. Praise the Lord. If you're, <clears throat> if you're able to stand in honor of the word of God, that would be excellent. Revelation 21, verse 1. And it reads, <clears throat> And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Amen. I just want to focus on verse number seven. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Amen. So just... I want to talk a little bit about being an overcomer, being an overcomer, amen, an overcomer. Let's pray right now. Father, we thank you. God, you've done everything. You've given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. God, you have freely made salvation available for each and every one of us, and we thank you. God, the table is set. Lord, I pray even right now, God, that faith would rise up in us, Lord, that we would agree, Lord, with your word. We would agree, Lord, with what you have already done and accomplished. God, that we would walk forward into who you have called us to be. Lord Jesus, that we would be overcomers, God, that we would fight the good fight of faith, Lord, that we would finish our race. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have set us here at this time. God, for this season, Lord, do what you need to do. Take authority right now in us and through us. God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Um, <clears throat> it's funny. I was thinking about this. The Lord's just dropped this in my spirit about being an overcomer. And I realized, I was like, Lord, I've, I've actually... I, you know, sometimes I remember stuff I've preached before or, or things, but uh, I've, I've preached this, a message with the title, Overcomer. Um, but I was just kind of dwelling on it, and um, 
And he just kind of put me back in the scriptures about the importance of, of being an overcomer. And how, um, let's just go to a few scriptures and then we'll just, we'll just talk about a few things. Revelation chapter number two, chapter number, yes, chapter number two. Uh, I probably pointed this out to you before, but you'll see in here, uh, Revelation 2, verse number 7, middle part of the verse, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Uh, Verse number 11, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. He that overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. Verse number 17, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Him that overcomes will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Uh, verse number 20, oh sorry, verse number 26, he that overcomes keepeth my works unto the end. To him will I give power over the nations. Chapter 3, verse 5, he that overcomes the same shall be clothed in white raiment and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Verse number 12, him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out, go no more out and I will write upon him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and I will write upon him my new name. Excuse me. And then we go on into verse number 21, to him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and have sat down with my father in his throne. Uh, The interesting thing here is chapter 2 and 3 are written to the churches. They're written to churches. They're written to people who have been, who have repented of their sins, who were baptized in Jesus' name, and who were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Um, and he writes to them, and he tells them that you're going to have to overcome. Um, if you want to inherit, you're going to have to overcome. He does not tell them, you've arrived. He does not write to the church and say, hey, you made it. You got in, you're good, you got your ticket punched. Just sit there, relax, it'll be okay. He writes to the churches to encourage them, you're going to have to overcome. Seemingly, Um, getting in, being a part of it, uh, joining the church was just not enough in the eyes of Jesus Christ. Uh, Contrary to what our world might tell you, our Christian world might tell you that shake preacher's hand, sign the roll, become a member of a church, you're once saved, you're always saved. That is contrary to the word of God. Jesus says you're going to have to overcome And not just one time, you're going to have to overcome unto the end. You're going to have to make it to the very end. Uh, You can't overcome early in life and then lose out later. You've got to overcome everything. You're going to have to have complete victory. Um, And so uh, the enemy would like us to win a few battles and lose a few others. The enemy would like us to win in some areas of our life and lose in other areas of our life. And kind of figure out, well, I'm, 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 I'm passing. I'm doing okay. But Jesus says you're going to have to overcome. Uh, that word overcome is a one of complete victory, of utter victory. It is, it is not uh, somewhat victorious. It, it is not um, kind of in, in, a, in a battle where someone 
has defeated you just a little bit. An overcomer is the victor. Um, it's, it's the one who gets the crown. It's the one who gets first place. Um, I was joking the other day. I, th- uh, I think it was here. We were doing something for uh, our kids, and uh, they were giving out first, third, first, second, and third place. And uh, I was just joking. I didn't say it out loud to the kids, and they're not here to hear it. But they were announcing second place, and I was like, that's first loser. And they were announcing <laughs> third place, and I was like, well, that's second loser. You know? And so uh, we just come up with good names for it. You didn't win. Uh, first place is really the only one that wins. It's, it's the only one that gets the crown. <clears throat> there is no second, third, fourth, fifth place in the kingdom of God. Uh, you either win or you lose. You're either in or you're out. You're either hot or you're cold. You're either light or you're darkness. And so each and every one of us is going to have to overcome. You're going to have to overcome. And I can tell you the truth. Your battle is not necessarily my battle. What you have to overcome is not necessarily what I have to overcome. But you're going to have to overcome it. I can have sympathy for you. I can have empathy with you. I can pray for you. I can encourage you. I can speak the word of God to you. But you're going to have to overcome it. Uh, we, our brothers and our sisters, I appreciate coming together and being encouraged in the house of God and worshiping God and all coming together is so important. We need it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to have to overcome my battles. I'm going to have to have victory in my private life. And so God is speaking to us that you're going to have to overcome. You're going to have to overcome. Um, in, in the very end of Revelation where we ran, you just have to apologize. I don't have much of a voice. I don't have much energy either. But um, I believe I have the word of God. Revelation 21 where uh, God is speaking here and he, he gives a declaration in verse number 7 that he that overcomes shall inherit all things. He that overcomes shall inherit all things. Interesting point. If you go back to John chapter number 3, John chapter number 3. John 3, verse number 3. Um, Jesus answered and said unto them, unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Being born again of water and the spirit is a requirement to be able to enter the kingdom of God. Um, and I don't want to mess you up here, but it is not a guarantee of being in the kingdom of God. Being baptized in Jesus' name, being filled with the Holy Ghost, you have to have that to be able to make it into the kingdom. But it is not a guarantee that you'll make it in the kingdom because you're going to have to overcome. And Jesus recognized this. You can't overcome in your flesh. You can't overcome without the name of Jesus. So he gives us his name. He gives us his spirit. And then he says, now take that and overcome the enemy. Because he said something to them in the book of Revelation. He said, just as I have overcome, you've got to overcome also. So the same battles that Jesus fought while he was here, he's saying, you're going to have to fight them. 
but you're not fighting them by yourself. You're not fighting them in your own strength. But Jesus says, I'm taking my overcoming power and I'm going to release it into your life so that now you have the power to overcome. So none of us will be able to stand before Jesus on that day and say, well, you don't understand my circumstances. I, I, just, I just couldn't get over this. I couldn't, I couldn't figure this thing out. I couldn't beat that thing. You're going to be standing before the one who overcame the entire world and who gave you his power. He, he knows what he gave you. He knows what he's given us. He knows what's on the inside of me. And so that's why I am without excuse. We're without excuse because he was an overcomer. Jesus didn't lose. If Jesus had partly won the victory, well, then what he put in me would be part victory. But what Jesus put in me was complete victory. When you got the Holy Ghost, you, you didn't get some victory over sin. You got complete victory over sin. When you got the Holy Ghost, you didn't get, you didn't get kind of holiness. You got full-blown holiness. You got the Holy Spirit of God. This is why God can say things like, be holy, for I am holy. He's not saying, okay, conjure up holiness in your flesh. He's saying, I'm giving you my Holy Spirit. Let that thing rule your life. Let that lead your decisions. Let that orchestrate what you do and what you don't do. Praise God. And so, uh, I, I, I was... I was talking to somebody, and we were just talking about fight, fighting. And uh, Paul says, I've fought the good fight. Um, I, I finished my course. He, he told Timothy, he says, fight the good fight of faith. And um, fighting, has anybody ever, uh, I'm not trying to bring up anybody's past. Anybody ever been in a fight? Anybody ever been in a fight? Yeah. Don't raise it proudly like, Yeah. Matter of fact, last night, hopefully not, but if not, that's all right, there's an altar. Um, can I ask you a question? When you were in the fight, were you trying to lose? Was it your intention to lose? I mean, obviously, you know, like I say, fighting, uh, I've seen fights before, and, and um, we're, we're, in, we're in wars right now literally all over the world. There's wars going on, and there's people that are fighting. And um, none of them want to lose. All of them are fighting for something. Uh, they're engaged in battle for the purpose of winning. Um, this is what the Lord spoke to me, is we need to be engaged in this thing for the purpose of winning. For the purpose of winning. Don't just be in a fight just to be in the fight. Don't just be in the kingdom, in the army of God, just to be in the army of God. If you're in a fight, you need to be in it to win it. You need to be in it to overcome. You need, you need to have a mind made up that I'm going to have victory in this life. Jesus said this. He says, in this life, you will have tribulation. You're going to have it. That's one of the promises of Jesus Christ. Tribulation. You're going to have it. 
It's going to happen. You're going to have issues. You're going to have problems. You're going to have temptations. You're going to have struggles. You're going to have people that say things, people that do things. You're going to have, you're going to be done wrong. You're going to be abused. People are going to lie about you. Stuff is going to happen. Jesus promised it. But this is what he says. He says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. I've overcome everything that's going to face you already. Jesus is saying, I've already conquered it. So guess what? Guess what? The, the anger, the, the, the anger that sometimes some of us feel and we feel like I just can't get rid of it. Jesus has already beat it. He's already overcome the anger. Uh, the, the temptation for drugs. Jesus has already defeated that. He's already overcome it. He's already won the victory. Whatever it is that you face, Jesus has already won the victory. He's already overcome it. He's won it. Now, uh, praise God. You might say, obviously this kind of may sound kind of uh, simplistic or to a certain extent uh, low level. Uh, but truly, uh, I find that some people, praise God, maybe we should answer it or turn it off. <laughs> Uh, I, I find that um, some people are, are, they are okay living uh, beneath being an overcomer. Uh, they're satisfied with um, having just some victory in their life, but are okay with some defeat. And um, God is, is, is looking for people. Um, his bride is going to be an overcoming church. Uh, the people that make it in and inherit it are going to be victorious, living victorious lives. I heard somebody say this. They said um, when uh, the rapture or the catching away takes place and, and the Bible says that our mortal bodies become immortal bodies. Um, basically, the flesh is changed. This corruptible puts on incorruption. Uh, I've heard somebody say that, that really that's the only thing that's going to change at the rapture is going to be my flesh is going to be turned into perfect flesh. So I won't have to deal with it anymore. It's not at that time that he's going to save your mind. Right. So I, I think about this. So, for example, if your mind is not on Jesus now at the rapture, he's not going to force your mind to be on him then. If, if you don't want to be with Jesus now, that doesn't change at the rapture. Only thing that changes is my flesh, right? The, the soul of who I am and, and my spirit, he, he's just bringing that back to him. But he's giving me a new body. And so this is why while we're here, I've got I've to overcome the flesh now here. I've, I've got I've to walk in the spirit now and let the spirit lead me and and guide me now because because it doesn't he doesn't change my my mentality then he just changes my body and so if 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 i'm connected and, and attached to uh the fleshly mind and and the carnal uh I, i've said this before um god is going to rid the world of of sin Right? He's going to rid the world of sin. He's going to take everything bad, and he's going to put it into the lake of fire. 
The problem is, is if you're attached to it, if you haven't let go of it, you're going to go with it. So God doesn't throw people into, into hell. He's not, he didn't create hell for you. Hell was created to get rid of all the bad stuff, to get rid of the wickedness, to get rid of the evil, to get rid of the rebellion, to get rid of sin. But if I don't let go of sin, it's going to drag me into hell. And so you can't let go of it at the rapture. You've got to already be released of it. You've got to already have let it go in this life. That's what this is for. Praise God. So um, I'm not going to be long, but um, getting back to this overcoming, the reason we have to know, and it has to be settled in our mind, that Jesus overcame everything is because of what he expects of us. Um, so I, I've heard statements like this, and probably I've made statements like this. Well, we're going to sin anyway. Anybody ever heard that? You're going to sin anyway. We're, we're going to sin. I don't find that in the scriptures. I don't find that statement in the scripture that just says, you're a child of God, but you're going to sin, but God's going to forgive you. I, I don't find that scripture. I do find this that says um, that you need to walk in the light as he is in the light. I, I find scripture that says that he that is born of God does not commit sin. I do find the scripture that says, if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Right? So it says, if, if by chance something were to slip in, catch you off guard one instance, and mm, you, you mess up, you sin. Okay, there's, there's grace for that. There's, there's mercy. There's repentance. You can come to an altar. But this idea of just living in sin, this idea that I'm going to sin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk carnally today, I'm going to think carnally today, I'm going to talk carnally today, I'm going to treat people wrong today, I'm going to say the wrong things, I'm going to do the wrong things, I'm going to touch the wrong things, and God will just forgive me, is not scriptural. That is not from the word of God, because he is an overcomer. And so if I know and I believe I've got the same spirit on the inside of me that overcame this world, I know I'm going to overcome sin. I've got to believe that. And so this is where for some of us, we, we've got to change our mindset. We've got to allow the word to renew our minds. Don't walk into your day knowing you're going to sin. You need to walk into your day knowing I'm going to be holy today. I'm going to walk righteous today. I'm going to be clean today. I'm going to do the will of God today. I'm going to obey the voice of the Lord today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And if you do sin, you have an advocate. You have an advocate. Can I tell you, sin is not the norm for a child of God. It is not the norm. It is not okay. The Bible says that you've been born again of incorruptible seed. You weren't redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vain conversation. It wasn't money. that It was the precious blood of Jesus Christ, of a lamb without spot. No sin in it, no uncleanness, no, no nothing. I love what you said, Brother David. That, there was no addiction in the blood. There's no addiction in the spirit of God. None of that stuff. That doesn't matter what the world calls it. I don't care how big the world makes it. When it comes against the blood, it can't stand against the blood of Jesus Christ. 
I don't care how long it's been in my life, how, how many years it's been apart. When it comes against the blood of Jesus, there is nothing, there is nothing that can come against the blood. God said this. He, 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 told, he told the children of Israel, put the blood on the doorpost. And then he, said, he even said this. He says that, that the angel of death is going to come. But then he said, I myself, when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over. So literally God himself would not cross the bloodline. If God won't do it, if God can't do it, no sickness can do it. No sin can do it. No devil can do it. That blood has power. When you were baptized in the name of Jesus, do you know that the blood of Jesus was applied to you? The blood of Jesus was applied to your life. You didn't just get wet. That wasn't just somebody saying in the name of Jesus over you and people clapping your hands. No, there was something powerful that happened. The blood of Jesus was being poured all over your body, all over your soul, all over your spirit, covering you in the blood of Jesus Christ. Wow. That, that baptismal tank is powerful. Not because the water is warm or cold or who baptizes you, but because of the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. He's given you his blood. He's given us his name. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The Bible says that at that name, every knee is going to bow. Every knee of things in heaven and things under the earth, in the earth. That's angels, right? Highest beings there are, humans, demons, whatever, anything you can imagine. There's people that believe they're aliens. Aliens are going to bow if you believe in aliens. They're going to have to bow. It don't matter. They got to bow to the name of Jesus. People come to me with all these sorts of things. Like, you think there's aliens? It doesn't matter. They got to bow to Jesus. <laughs> there may be aliens, whatever you want to call them. But anyway, I don't want to get into I'm going to get off track. My mind, help me. But, but everything's got to bow to the name. In the book of Acts, chapter 3, it says that they were on their way to the temple in the hour of prayer, and they see the lame man there. And they tell the lame man's looking for money, and they say, silver and gold we don't have, but in the name of Jesus Christ. Such as I, have, I give unto you, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the lame man leaps up, and he's dancing and blessing God. And they, and they came, and they asked him, they, says, they said, how did you do this? What power did you use to do this through? And they said, let it be known unto you that it's by the name of Jesus Christ. Faith in that name. That this man stands here whole. See, there is power in the name of Jesus. I've said this before. It's not in the, the syllables. It's, it's not in the enunciation of it. Because there are many people that said the name Jesus. There's one person in Acts 19 who said the name Jesus. And a devil jumped on him. And, and they fleed out without clothes on. Because they figured, well, this name is just some kind of lucky charm. It's just something I can pick up, put down. But, but they didn't understand that Paul 
they, the, the demons knew Paul because he wasn't just carrying the name around saying, hey, look, I got, I got this name. He, he had been buried in the name. He, he, had, he, had, he, was, he was representing the name of Jesus Christ. So the name is not just what I utter out of my voice, but the name represents the presence of Jesus Christ. That's why demons, when Jesus would come on the scene, sometimes he wouldn't even have to say anything and the demons would do stuff because it was the presence of God that brings power. It, 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 it was his very presence. And so when I speak the name, I am enunciating and releasing the presence of Jesus Christ. Not just some, some uh, syllables or something I think back, think about. That's why you got to be very careful. Don't use the name of Jesus as a swear word. Don't just say it any old way like it's nothing and flippant. You need to cherish that name because when I speak the name, I am believing that there is the very presence of Jesus Christ. He's showing up on the scene and he's handling things praise God and so uh, I hear it and people you know they use his name as a swear word you know or even just even even church folks we can say it so flippantly oh geez, geez. oh no don't say it flippantly there's power in that name and the more flippantly we say it the more casually we use it the less we believe in the power the less we, we recognize and cherish and reverence it, the more it becomes just kind of ritual. I don't want that name to become ritual. I don't want that name to become habit and routine. So he's given us blood, his name. He's given us his spirit. Praise God. Um, I, wanna, I just want to finish up with one more verse. Um, verse 1 John Chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. So, <clears throat> John 3, 3, Jesus says you got to be born again of water and the spirit. Um, see, we have, so here's the thing. We have people today that will argue. Um, so let me just break this down for a second. Um, in today's vernacular, um, we would be called an apostolic church. We're an apostolic church, Pentecostal apostolic church. Uh, we're part of the United Pentecostal Church. That's the organization that our church is underneath and associated with. Uh, we agree with the doctrine. And, um, and so apostolic, what does it mean to be apostolic? It, it comes from Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 38, when uh, Peter stands up and he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he goes on, he says, The promises to you, to your children. And he says, Many is far off. Many words he testified, Save yourselves. He says, 3,000 were baptized that day. And then it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, right? The apostles' doctrine. And so that's where we get the name apostolic, is that we are continuing in the apostles' doctrine, what they preached on the day of Pentecost, that if Peter were here today and somebody were say, hey, I want to make it into the kingdom, Peter would stand up here and he would preach to you and say, you got to repent, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, and you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. 2,000 years later, 2019, Peter would still preach the same thing. Amen. And so we believe that we're following 
in that apostolic doctrine. Um, but I'll tell you this, that we are not the majority for Christianity. We are not the majority. The majority says otherwise. The majority uh, would say that you do not need the Holy Ghost. Uh, the majority would say that you do not need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And, and so here's what I think about. The reason those are actual arguments is because they've missed um, really what we're talking about in Revelation 21. Um, everybody's trying to figure out kind of a, a ticket into heaven, like a quick way, scheme. Let me find the formula to just kind of punch it. Give me the code I can put in. Give me the app, whatever, something quick. I can just get a hold of this God thing and have it in my pocket when I need it. That's not what this is about. We talked we talk, um, probably two weeks ago about the fact that God wants to be your God. Right? He, he's, he has this little thing. He wants to be God. He doesn't want anybody else to be God. He, he wants to be sovereign. And so he... We, we cannot, uh, we, we live in a world that wants to have a Christianity that we can control. We, we want a God that we can control. We want, we want a salvation that we can control. Uh, uh, I'm all for the Holy Ghost as long as I can control it. We're all for the supernatural as long as I can control it. The problem is that God wants to be God. God wants us just to trust him. He never says, I want you to control he never says, I want you in charge. He says, I want you to believe in me. I want you to trust me. And so this idea comes with, even when it comes to salvation and making it into heaven, and you'll hear people say this, and I've said it, and I, and I recognize sometimes it's, it's the right way. I'm saved. I'm saved. What does that even mean? I'm saved. What do you mean you're saved? You're sitting here talking to me. What do you mean you're saved? You're not, you're not on streets of gold. Right? Uh, because ultimately, you're still in the fight. You're still in the battle. And so if you're still in the battle, you haven't finished fighting yet. You're not ultimately delivered yet. The final battle hasn't been won yet. And there's a danger if you start thinking, I'm saved, that you'll stop fighting. That you'll stop trying to war and battle and overcome and grow and seek the face of God. And so we have a Christianity today that is content trying to find a place that we could get to where we could just stop. And we as apostolics have to be very careful that we don't do that to this message. That we get it, try and get it to a place where I can get it in such a way that I really don't have to push anymore. I really don't have to grow anymore. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's help them find a seat. Praise God. Good to have you all today. Sorry, we started a little early today. We started at 10 o'clock. That's, that's all right. We're early. You're not late. Praise God. I'll let them find a seat. Amen. This is okay. Praise God. Glory to God. So, um, and so our world tr tries to put uh, a stranglehold on salvation and the things of God and to control it and to manipulate it. Um, and so this is why, so for example, um, why this is such a big deal is if people truly understood what 
Jesus is expecting of you, what it's going to take for you to make it to eternal life, to inherit eternal life. Um, there would be no fight against receiving the Holy Ghost. But the people, the reason people fight against it is because it's been presented to me in such a way that it really doesn't take all that. I've got what it takes to make it. I've got what it takes to do and make it into heaven. The truth is, you don't. The truth is, none of us do. And so what Christianity has unfortunately done, it has watered down the message of Jesus, watered down the expectation and the standard of God so that humanity can meet it without the supernatural. God never intended you to be able to make it without his intervention. He didn't make it so that you could figure it out. He never made it so it was a way you would know and you could just walk it and follow it and write it down and tell others and it'd be good and they just do what you say. And It's beyond you. It's beyond me. It takes the supernatural. It takes God to get the things of God. And so when we fully understand this, that what you've been called to do, what God has put for you, for us to make it, he's called me to be an overcomer, to overcome sin, to overcome and destroy the works of the devil. How many of you can overcome and destroy the works of the devil in your flesh? Anybody here want to fight the devil in your flesh? They give you some boxing gloves, give you all the guns you want. Give you all the nuclear bombs you want to you wanna use. Give you all the technology you want. And you just go toe-to-toe with the devil. Have at it. See how it goes. Can I tell you, you've been called to overcome him. See, when people recognize this, it's, what do you mean, me? Yes, you. The Bible says this, for this purpose was the Son of Man manifest, was the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. He's called me to destroy the works of the devil. He's called you to destroy the works of the devil. And you can't do that in your flesh. You can't do that with your intelligence. You can't outthink the devil. You're not wiser than him. You're not smarter than him. You're not faster, stronger. And this is why we need to be born again of water and the spirit. I need the name of Jesus and I need the spirit of God. Because with those things, I can overcome. We can overcome. He's called us to overcome. And so this is what I say is... um, like, like I said, the Lord has been dealing with me because I've, I've asked the question, like, why, why is it such a fight to get people to be baptized in Jesus' name? People reject the name of Jesus. They say, well, no, I was baptized when I was a little baby, and 
they sprinkled me or they said Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Did they say the name of Jesus? Why are you fighting its name? If you knew the power that was in the name of Jesus, and if you knew that that was the only name that gives you authority in the spirit world, you would be running to the tank. You would be running and saying, give me that name. Let me put that name on me because I've got devils at home that they don't care what my name is. They don't, they don't care what my mom's name is. They don't care how educated I am. But it's only the name of Jesus they respond to. Praise God. Devils in our family, devils in our lineage that he's expecting us to destroy and overcome. He, he is expecting me to do it. Expecting me to do it. And, he's, and he gives us everything we need to do it. Everything we need to do it. Amen. Can I tell you this? This is a little sidebar. Um, it is not the will of God that if you are filled with the Holy Ghost for you to be cursing. I'm just going to put that out there. That is not the will of God. The Bible says, how can good water and bad water flow out of the same spring? It's got one or the other. And so if we're okay with these things, we're not overcoming. We're saying Jesus doesn't have the power to overcome that thing. And so we're making declarations about Jesus when we live in sin. And so the Bible says, he says this in Acts chapter 2, he says, well, Acts chapter 1, he says, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me. When you receive the Holy Ghost, when you are filled with the Spirit of God, you immediately are a witness for Jesus Christ. You are. Somebody say, well, I'm not called to talk to people. It doesn't matter. You're a witness. You're a witness. You could be a bad witness. Or you could be a good witness, but you are a witness. You are, you are speaking something by your life. And if we're living in sin and we're okay with sin and we're swearing and we're talking bad about people and we're angry and we can't control ourselves and we have no fruit, we are witnessing that Jesus does not have power. We are declaring to the world he really didn't overcome. But when you live in victory... When stuff comes and the enemy brings temptation and he brings stuff into your life, but you overcome it, you, you, you conquer it, you get dominion over it. When those old things come back and try and draw you away from the things of God, but you stay faithful to the word of God and faithful to the spirit of God. And you keep loving people in spite of how they treat you. And you keep doing what God has called you to do in spite of how you feel. You overcome. You are declaring there's power on the inside of me that's real. It's bigger than what you face. It's bigger than this world. It's bigger than the things of this world. It's real. Praise God. You know what our world needs? Our world needs a church that is really overcoming. They need to see overcomers. They've heard enough preaching. They've heard enough people speaking and spouting and spewing the things in the word of God, but not living it. That's why, they, they, that's why so many people talk bad about Christianity now as it is, is because there's been so many bad witnesses. There's been so many people that will say they love Jesus and yet hate their brother. God is saying, you've, I've given you overcoming power. Win the battle. In your life, win the victory at home, win the victory in private, and God will display you in public. Praise God. Praise God. Does this make any sense to anybody? Anybody recognize we've, we've got to overcome? 
See, and so this is why I have to pray. This is why you have to pray. I, I can tell you, I, I'll tell you straight up. You know what I mean? If you're not praying, you're not winning. And the reason you don't pray is because you don't realize what type of a battle you're in. I'm not saying you're a horrible person, you hate God. You've been deceived into thinking you've arrived. You haven't made it yet. None of us have made it yet. We are striving. Paul said, I forget those things that are past, but I, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I'm pressing today. I'm pressing today. I don't know. I mean, I've heard people say that, that, that you know, man, I want to go back to when I first received the Holy Ghost. I don't really want to go back because I'm pressing today even harder than then because I know I, I need him even more now than I've ever needed him before. I need to pray more. I need to seek God more. I see my frailties even more than I ever have. I need Jesus today like I've never needed him. My God, we're in a fight. We're in a fight. We're in a fight. We're in a fight. But if I will fight, if you will fight, if you will keep going, we're guaranteed victory. Praise God. We're guaranteed victory. That's it. That's the good news. If you fight, you win. If you fight, you win. Somebody says, well, I'm dealing with this thing. Fight it in Jesus' name and you'll win. But it's been so long. That's okay. Just don't quit. Keep fighting it. You're going to get the victory. It's guaranteed. See, that's the thing. The winner and the loser, it's already been established. At the end, Jesus wins. He's overcome. He's the victor. We know the end of the score. We know, we, we know the end score. We know the end of the game. It's already done. Jesus wins. But you're going to have to fight to be on that team. You're going to have to keep going. You're going to have to keep pressing. Amen. You're going to have to take the next step. Praise God. Amen. Why don't our musicians come? Um, today, every single one of us in this place, we have a step to take. We have another step to take. We have, we, we, we have somewhere that God is trying to move us. Something that he's wanting us to battle and to overcome. And now you, you might say, well, I don't have any major sin that I can think of or whatever. Who, I don't... I can't list all the things, but if, if you're in a place where you're complacent, you've got to overcome complacency. <laughs> you've got to overcome complacency. I was in a service on um, last Sunday. I was not here, but I was in a service down in Washington, D.C., my church, the home church that I'm from, and uh, we, I came in there, and I just came in for the purpose of just, just, I just wanted to slide in, and just me and my wife, we slid in there, and just wanted to stay under the radar. And, um, but didn't quite happen. But anyway, um, but I was sitting there and praise and worship was going on. And there's a lady singing songs and, and worshiping God and stuff. And, you know, some of the people were clapping and stuff. And so I was just kind of doing things and paying attention to kids and we, you know, whatever. And, and, um, and so she was singing and I was just kind of s sitting there and, you know, singing the song with her and everything. 
And then all of a sudden, it just kind of hit me. And it was just like, what in the world are you doing? What do you think this is? Like, is this a show to you? You think the devil has kind of taken the night off? You, th- you, think, you think the spiritual warfare has called a timeout? Just because you're zoned out. And, and, and it was like, it was like it was just a slap in the face. Like, what are you doing? That's the spirit of complacency that's coming over you. Just that easily. Just that easily it was coming over me. And I had to shake it. I said, no. I said, I will not. If I'm singing about Jesus, I'm going to worship him. I'm going to magnify him. I'm going to praise him. I will not go through the motions because I'm an overcomer. I don't have to accept what the enemy says. I don't, I don't, I don't have to be cold one day, hot the next day. I don't have to be lukewarm. I, I don't have to be defeated some days of the week and sometimes just because I don't feel good doesn't mean I have to lose out. I can be an overcomer in every single situation. Praise God. And so I've determined today I want to overcome. Anybody want to overcome today? I don't know what you're facing, but I know you're facing something. Let's just determine today we're going to overcome. We're going to overcome today. And so some of you, that may mean you need to repent of your sins. You need to completely repent of your life. Turn your life completely over to Jesus Christ. You have never sworn your allegiance to Jesus and him only. Some of you, that may be the step that you've got to overcome. Some of you have not been baptized in Jesus' name. And you're waffling, wading back and forth. You're going to have to overcome that. You're going to have to overcome that. You're going to have to overcome it. I don't know where each and every one of you are. God has not revealed that to me. But I know some of, every single one of us has something we're going to overcome today. Maybe it's just tiredness. Just weariness in the body. I don't even feel like raising my hand. Amen. Why don't we stand? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And so, I, I, I'm serious. I, I, I might be a little. I'm not OCD in any other part of my life. Except sometimes with my walk with God. I'm OCD. Um, but I just looked at the clock. It's 12.04. And, and immediately I was like, man, oh my gosh, it's late. I need to overcome at 12.04 p.m. I'm serious. I, I, I'm going to look at the clock again at 12.05. I need to overcome at 12.05 because I'm in a constant battle and I'm fighting. I want to stay right. I want to keep my spirit right. I don't want to let anything creep in. I don't want to let my mind wander off into this world. I don't want to start walking in the flesh. Praise God. And so this is a, this is a great time. This is a divine time for us to come together and, and, and for us to have victory in Jesus' name. Praise God. Why don't we bow our heads, close our eyes all over this place. Praise God. Whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever that obstacle is, whatever that mountain is, I want you, I want you to see it shrinking in the face of Jesus Christ. It cannot stand against him. It's, he's bigger. He's greater than it. He's not a liar. He's not a man. He's greater than the addiction. He's greater than the sin. 
He's greater than your habits. He's greater than the way you were raised. He's greater than your environment. He's greater than your culture. He's greater. The Bible says if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. He's greater. He's greater. He's greater. He's greater. I have no excuse today not to be holy and set apart unto God. He's purchased it. He finished it at the cross. Hallelujah. Is there anybody today you, you want to live an overcoming life? Why don't we come down to this altar? Come down to this altar. Come on. These altars are open. Come on. You're going to have to determine for yourself. I'm, I'm going to overcome.